Good morning, good afternoon, good night. However you are listening, it is hard foul on this lovely Friday. <clears throat> and today we're going to be doing a little bit differently. Uh, instead of you guys just hearing to my lovely, hearing to, wow, my English is good, hearing my fantastic voice just talk at you for 45 minutes to an hour. We got my co-host today, you know, for no films, meetings, 90 feet and no films, boxing. What's good, Tony? What's up, bro? My mulatto like, brethren. You have an you have an intro now, right? You got, you, part, you part of a lot. You have an intro now. You big time. Niggas know me. Yeah. So let let's let's get right into it, right? So, Oklahoma City. We all did a preview two weeks ago, and all of us were pretty high in Oklahoma City. Obviously, you kind of take Golden State out of the equation. It's you really. It's really hard to say who's a good Avenger next to Thanos, right? But OKC was a team we're all really high on. And, of course, they're 0-2. Down 2 on the series. And is there a point, and I'm a big fan of both players. I'm a big fan of Russell Westbrook. I'm a big fan of Paul George. At a certain point, do guys just fall into the category of might not ever win it, doesn't show up in the big game the same way. And Russ has obviously some some stat games you can go to be like, okay, hey, well, he played good here, he played good there. But clearly there's some there's some fall off in the playoffs. Paul George, mm-hmm. there's not only eye test fall off, there's a statistical fall off. Paul George is like two months ago was playing with the MVP. Now, right. and the, obviously they have the shoulder stuff coming out. I never know what to think of that in real time. It's kind of weird when you're like, oh, yeah, I had my first bad game in a while and my shoulder's messed up, man. Well, he's he's had that for the last couple months. That's, that's not so, something that's even, just been popping up. <clears throat> but even more so, it's like they said like three days before the game, he's like, I couldn't lift basketball. So it's trying to say like, hey, the injury's gotten worse. It is escalating. Uh, so I guess, which, is, which is possible, you know. It, it is. It just looks really funny when it's like, it's like playing basketball in the park. You know, you, you start the game off over four, and you're like, man, I, I I really haven't been working out. I've been going to the gym. And they're like, now people used to love saying I'm going to the gym because they always say I'm going to the gym. You know, lift, wait, uh, wait, lifting weights. My arms kind of funny. I can't shoot. Right. At some point, is Russ and Paul George going to turn into uh, T Mac and Yao, which you got two players you know are great, but just can't quite get there. I wouldn't say that because it's, it's, it's their second season together, but I guess the first season, like, just them, you know, because these, you know, people can say whatever the fuck they want to say about Carmelo Anthony. Like, that's still Carmelo Anthony. And it's kind of different now, them two just playing, you know, together and this being their first real postseason playing together. And we're looking at a team right now that's down 0-2. That could, that could definitely be up 2-0, you know, if a couple of plays swing a different way. In Portland, um, I, I expect them to win both of these games. OKC coming up, but I don't think we can put them in the Yao and T Mac thing, and especially because of who, the teams that Yao and T Mac played. Like Yao and T Mac were great players, but like those Houston teams weren't really that great. Like, they were really good, but they weren't teams or really even teams at the time you thought would win a championship. Like I wouldn't have put them over the Lakers or the Spurs or Dallas or at that time. Um, <laughs> Correct, and I don't think anyone right now going into this playoff as high as we were on them. I don't think anyone put them. 
above Golden State or above Houston in their own conference, or even if you get not even including the Eastern Conference teams. All right. So with that is, do you think it is just simply a case of, uh, you know, the series doesn't start until someone gives up home court? Pretty much, because, uh, like, you can see it. That's been pretty much the theme of the playoffs so far. We, we've we we've got the series that are 1-1 right now or however they go, but um, that was a, a great example of just Damian Lillard in Portland showing up and being energized by the home crowd. And, you know, because you, you see certain shots that you make at home, you can make on the road. I've seen that a lot last year in the Eastern Conference Finals with the South Six and Cavs. So just watching those the first two games in Portland, I'm like, okay, um, Dame's balling. He's playing great. He's definitely outplaying Russ. But you know, now it's time for Russ to go back to his place and show that he can protect his house. Is this? And I'm glad you brought up Dame Lillard. Is this a? Would this if this series? Let's say Portland dominates, right? Wins in five, or I don't, I don't, I, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> sweep. I don't think they can. Let's say wins in five in like dominating fashion, game four and game five, right? Is mm-hmm. that a bigger achievement for Damian Lillard, who's kind of had his so-so playoff run since his rookie year or his first year in the playoffs? Or is that a bigger disappointment for uh, Russell Westbrook and Paul George? If they lose in five and get smoked, it's definitely, it's definitely a bigger disappointment for those guys, especially for Paul George that be having an MVP season for about maybe four four months of the season. For Russell Westbrook to, you know, now he's not shooting great, but he's still playing good basketball. If you know, and, and had a, had another triple double season, which is which is great. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. It, it might not measure up to the first one, obviously, but like to average a triple double is still great. But if they get smoked in five games, that's a huge disappointment. All right, moving over to the East. <sighs> I was ready. I was ready yesterday. We were going to record this earlier than the time that it came out. I mean, no, this is recorded in the live time. It's Friday morning or afternoon. And I was ready because Ben Simmons I have this love-hate relationship with. I've been the guy, and I can't prove it because we weren't able to record previous Xbox conversations. I was the guy that never wanted point guards to turn into, like, the Kyries and the Damian Lillards where it's like they're an offensive – they're a shoot-first point guard. I, I, right. I was against it for years. So here comes Ben Simmons, who plays like how I wish every point guard played. And I love that. I I have an issue with the fact I think he is kind of elevated to a different status and can't shoot. Um, and it's it, it, it's, it's, it's this love-hate relationship, right? So I was ready. Game one, obviously he struggled in the game one. And you're allowed to struggle. You're a second-year player, you're allowed to struggle in the playoffs. But my mar- remarks coming in were – he can't shoot outside, not just three-point shots. Like, he just doesn't want to shoot, doesn't feel con- – like, looks like he is not confident any kind of way in his shot outside of 10 feet. Game two happened. He had a much better game two. Then – but I wasn't convinced on the game two one. Uh, then he came out in game three, and he had 31-9 and a whole bunch of stats and looked great and made me look like I don't know what I'm talking about. <sighs> So 11 to 13 from the floor. Yeah, he did, which what I think happened, and I can't prove this. I don't know Ben Simmons, but if you look at the time of the games, Ben lost game one, and I think he went the next day, and he watched a certain player who I've been very 
um, positive on, and I've spoken very highly since the beginning of the season. Man, I think he watched Giannis drop 30 and just said, why can't I? This dude, yeah, he looked at Giannis like Giannis is a, an inch taller than him, if that. I don't know anymore. Between 6'10 to 7 feet, Kevin Durant messed that all up. I don't know how tall anybody is anymore. He's like, he's attacking the rim. He can't shoot. Why can't I do that? And if that's how Ben Simmons plays the remainder of the playoffs, Philly becomes my new favorite to come out of the East. <laughs> easily, easily, easily. Which is weird because for me, once again, that now turns him from playing the way that I have a love-hate relationship with him. He, he's no longer – they'll do better if he doesn't so play. You, so you'll go from slandering a nigga because he play how you want to play and to, like, not slandering him because he I, yeah, don't play how you – I can't make sense of it. It is the – it is a conundrum in my head. I no longer understand it. I'm like, and, and let me be clear. I still think there is a, a place in the NBA, and I think a very good place, if you had a more athletic Chris Paul or Ben Simmons makes up for it, if athleticism is kind of weird to judge, but he's just a bigger Chris Paul, right? All right. Like, I think that style of point guard still works, and no one will ever really convince me that it doesn't. But, I mean, all he did. In, in reality of the situation, all he did was be the player that he was before he started playing with Joe and <laughs> Like he, like what he, what he's done the last two games is me, me watching him since he was what he's twenty two now. So me watching him since he was nineteen, twenty years old. Like this is this is the guy that he is. He just can't do it because who he's playing with is so dominant inside. Now he can't shoot. That's not – I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, he's a shooter. Like, no, he can't. But his ability to get to the room and, and you know, score at this rate is what he does. He just can't. Okay. Let me also – let me let me throw some more flowers at uh, Ben Simmons. Is what I thought was most impressive about the Game 3 game, and I really hope this doesn't become – and I know there's, there's reports – quote-unquote, they're really inconsistent about his issues. Him and Joel don't necessarily like each other. I don't know how many of any of these guys really like each other. I was about to say, there's a lot of motherfuckers saying to not like each other. They don't. And I guess there's, I'm going to I'm gonna go on two things here, and they both have to the, uh, I find a way to get Kobe in every show. What was impressive about game three is if let's say they stay together for the next ten years, right? Or let's say they just have a good five-year run, okay? They get to a finals or two, maybe they win it. Ben Simmons is going to look like the Kobe in the situation. That Embiid is so big, so dominant, so the personality is there that it's when you look back on it, they're going to be like, oh, well, Embiid carried him. And these kind of games are going to kind of just, even if he has the big stat games, they're going to be kind of just murdered in there and, and forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons does not need to be carried by Embiid. <laughs> The same way Kobe, and it helps. Don't wrong. It's great if you're a wing player. You just like, yo, just give it to him. Thirty points. That's great for anybody. Just have a dude you can. Be. LeBron's one of the two or three players of all time. He loved it when he was like, "Hey, D Wade, here you go. Go get thirty. Like it's great. I will say, and I think, and I want your take on this. I buy a little bit of the Simmons and Bead not really being friendly. Because we brought this up on several times. 
the guys who aren't just friendly with everyone, not a part of the AAU environment, are international guys. All right. Kobe grew up in Italy. Dirk, Duncan, and Bede and Simmons aren't natural AAU guys. They're both foreign players. Giannis, the same thing. Giannis talks about, I really don't care to be friends with everybody. There's clearly a difference, and I, and I, and I don't do a whole lot of traveling. Um, I haven't been, and I, I don't know the actual environment over there at that age, but clearly it's not the same AAU environment they have in the States. You buy that? Fuck no, it's not the same environment. But Kobe said that, like, maybe two years, three years ago. He was like, AAU is ruining the game. And it's like, and I get what he's saying, but I, I disagree and I agree. Like, it's ruining the game from a standpoint of, like, like you still – like, guys still want to win and be competitive. Like, you're, you're a natural athlete. That's what you want to do. But you don't want to rip a motherfucker's head off for the win. And that's – and that kind of, you know, that gets to people – that gets to fans. And I, and I understand it. But, you know, growing up and watching the guys I watched when I first started watching the game, it's, you know, it's really different. And the style is different, too. So – it is, and um, I think that is a good – whether you feel that way necessarily about current players, current players, I think that's something Philly should be very thoughtful of, that they're going to have guys – I think they are – I think at some point – I mean, like, Jimmy years, Butler changes every – like, what they do this summer with Jimmy Butler is going to decide a lot of things. Jimmy Butler doesn't like anybody. <laughs> Jerry Butler and that's what I'm saying. But it's like he he doesn't like anybody to the point where it, it it isn't doing it right now, which is a good thing. But he doesn't like anybody to the point where it can affect like morale. And he's playing with two guys like we talked about when the trade first happened. He's playing with two guys that probably feel like I'm better than you. Like so, it, it's going to the rest of these playoffs for however long Philly's in them is going to decide a lot. Which even that I'd say is I, I don't know if it's debatable with Embiid. It's definitely debatable with Simmons. Um, because Jimmy Butler is a Jimmy Butler is a far better player than I think he gets credit for. I think he's just an asshole, which is why guys don't like him. Um, shout out to Jimmy Butler. You are the uh, you. Jimmy Butler is the epitome of like he's like a four man's Kobe. He's not good enough for you to like build your franchise around while being an asshole, but he's good enough to be like, yeah, I want him on my team, even though he's an asshole. Um, Jimmy Butler. Still wears hoop earrings like Michael Jordan. So I kind of respect him and kind of dislike him, but simply because of the hoop earrings. And there we go. <laughs> all right. Another thing I've been seeing here, we're going to kind of go through all these series. Um, the debate that's been like kind of the last couple of years is it, 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 well, it's not an off debate. Um, the greatest team of all time, right? It's kind of like Showtime Lakers, 90s Bulls, and these Warriors have been in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the other day, and I've been probably a little reluctant just because it's, it's so hard with hand-checking and how the rules are. Um, I've kind right. of given the edge to the Bulls, right? I'm like, the most impressive thing, like, any, like the most, regardless of stats, Mike Average 30 boy just by just getting, like, punched. Like, regardless if you think he's more skilled than other guys or more this, that, he, he was getting punched, knocked the shit out of, and still scoring 30. And to me, I just think that's kind of impressive. Um. Well, but, Mike wasn't getting officiated like other motherfuckers was getting officiated, though. Yeah. 
this, but he was still getting the Knicks were still the Knicks still got their shots in, the Pacers still got their shots in. Like Mike was still getting a little roughed up every now and again. Like fair. But I think I, I think I changed my mind the other day because I was thinking about those teams and I'm like, I don't know which of those teams, if you knocked out someone that I believe to be a top 20, arguably could say a top 10 NBA player and think, oh, yeah, it really doesn't matter. The Warriors, hurt or not, lost a guy who was a top 20, 25 if he's only partially healthy and a top 10 player if he is healthy. And obviously now because of what he's done with his legs, he's probably going to be like on damage control the rest of his career. I don't know if we'll ever be able to really say he is the Marcus Cousins is a hundred percent healthy again, which is unfortunate. But they lost which is, him. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, but he's he's gone <clears throat> for at least the rest of the playoffs. And the slight they always give you the slight hope might return. Never happens, except Paul Pierce. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> and it's like always. It, it doesn't matter. Because Golden State versus the field was a conversation before the playoffs started, and he mm-hmm. got hurt, and that's still the conversation. Golden State, versus, they just blew a 30-point lead, and everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, pretty much. But like, that's not surprising, though. I've, I've felt that the 2017 Warriors were the greatest team assembled for the last two years. It, it, is, it is so – it's remarkable. Because if you take even – I don't even think those Bulls teams are nearly as good if you take Rodman off. And Rodman just rebounded, fouled, and, and that was it. Just rebounded and got fouled. But it's like, are we talking to that – because, like, I always say, like, we got to – we talking to that era or, like, just, like, team to team? I I would have always said you have to do – Because it's hard to have so the team to team argument. Yeah, they're so drastically different. But at the right. same time, like where, and you're only pulling hairs when you're when you're when you're arguing this because I even think the Showtime Lakers. We just want to line up like starting five. The Showtime Lakers get really disrespected in this argument. Magic and Cream are two of the top six players of all time, and they're in the same starting lineup. Like, and if we wanted to do starting fives, I can make a case just off the strength of LeBron and D-Wade, that 2011 to 2014 Heat team is up there. And they had no bench, but just starting five. Um, moving on. Um, you, you, Milwaukee's going to hurt some people. Milwaukee is... Let me, let me phrase it to you this way. If you are a team in the Eastern Conference or a fan of a team in the Eastern Conference, are you scared of the Bucks? Not really, <laughs> not really. I'm I'm way more scared of Philly and Toronto than I am Milwaukee, because it just comes down to when shit gets real, and you know you really gotta play, and the refs are swallowing whistles and that type of thing. Like your best player can't shoot; he's dominant, yes, but he can't. Sh- your best player can't shoot. His supporting cast is really good players, but they're not great. You know, Eric Bledsoe's play, had a good season. Um, but, you know, we haven't seen Eric Bledsoe in a, in a, like in a big game seven. Um, we haven't seen Chris Middleton in a big game seven. Well, we seen him in the game seven last year in the first round, but 
you know, the the more the expectation is on you and the the deeper you get into the playoffs, like, you know, when 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 shit gets real and the, you know, backs like Stephen A always say, when palms get sweaty, like who can you go to? And they got a guy who's, you know, pound for pound the best in the world right now that they can go to, but you know, how is he what he can only do but so much. See, and I'm of the mindset I think Milwaukee. I don't know who's I think Milwaukee at home right now. I think you're lucky. This is all. This is all excluding the Warriors. Um, I'm not. I'm not counting that team. That's that's no. Milwaukee at home. I think you're lucky to stay within 15. I think there's too much momentum going there. I think there is too much. Um, a they actually play. They they are one of the few teams. They really got to buckle down and play defense. Like they can really buckle down and play defense. I understand everybody gets a little more ramped up defensively in the playoffs, fine. But the Bucks actually have guys who can ramp up and play defense at an elite level. And I'm not trying to just overblow the fact that the Pistons are missing clearly their best player. Um, the series is over. Like, this isn't a good judge of how great they were. But if I'm comparing it to um, one thing about those, like, Miami Heat teams, they were so great because they really needed to – ramp it up and what really got them over the top is they just ramped it up and played the five best minutes of defense you'd ever seen in your life. They could just suffocate teams. And that's how I feel about this Bucks team. Um are the Nuggets just a bunch of good players? Yes. <laughs> which is I, which I, which is exactly why I picked the Spurs in seven. And it's, and it's looking like it may be about five, five. So it's like, which it really could be three zero right now as we recording this live. If yeah. you know Jamal Murray and go crazy the other night, like, but it just comes down to inexperience, though. It's not, you know, they'll they'll be fine. They'll be back next year. That's a good team, and um, you know, Mike Malone's a really good coach. But it's, they just playing yeah. against a veteran Spurs team. And what's crazy is um, the Nuggets are just a bunch of good players. So are the Spurs, realistically. Spurs is just a bunch of really good players. This is one of those, and I just want to just – I give props every time I can. This is really the difference between Greg Popovich and everybody else. And that's no disrespect to anybody else. But you give that guy just a, bu- just a bunch of good players, it's over. Let alone – you gave him you gave him a Hall of Famer, like a, an outright by-himself Hall of Famer, and he got five titles. Um, James Harden. Do we think? And I think, and I still think the Jazz. I said the Jazz. I think we're winning the series the other day. Um, they're probably the, the like the number one team. Once again, all this is exclude Golden State that I feel really good about when they go home. Now, I don't personally ever want to go to Utah. But I feel really good when they're in Utah. You can't pay me. You can't pay me to go to Utah. If we ever got a live show in Utah, I'm skyping in. <laughs> it's the Jazz. I think this series looks to me the most like two-two because I think the Rockets play to their home crowd, and I think the Jazz do just as much. Um, and I'm. I, I feel I the same way about. Go ahead. Yeah. I think this is going to be one of the more boring series in the grand scheme of things. I think the Jazz blow the Rockets out games three and four. I think the Rockets blow them out game five. The Jazz blow them out game six. And I think you get 
I think we'll get an anticlimactic game seven. I think they'll have a really good game for three quarters, and then I think the Rockets pull away in the in game seven. I feel the same way about this series as I do uh, what is it, OKC in Portland. I just think it's a matter of because I picked I picked OKC in six and I picked Houston in six. I just I just feel like these series are really these these four teams more than a lot of others depend on that home court and is is going to show I think tomorrow when uh, Houston goes to Utah or Saturday whenever they play. Um, where was I just at? Um, what was last series to get to? We have I'm drawing a blanket. Mag do we do we give do we give anything to the magic? Maybe Kawhi's head not in it because he wants to leave. Do we give do we give the magic any chance against Toronto? I gave him some chance. More more chance than I gave him in the beginning because I had Toronto sweeping him. I give them some chance just because they have good players. And, you know, Toronto's, you know, your second best player can't be as bad as Kyle Lowry is in the playoffs. Now, he showed up game two, and that's, that was big. They needed that because that, that shit could have went 0 2 quick. But, you Man, know, if you make 20 plus million dollars a year, 20 on that big. I mean, for him, it's like you got to put it on the scale to a certain degree. <laughs> It's like you can only ask but so much for for a guy that's you know notoriously bad in in, in the uh, playoffs, but um, but yeah, I give Orlando a chance. I don't think they'll win it. Toronto will probably close it out in five or maybe six. But just like I like I said about um, like I said about Golden State, I said I said in the group message with these top teams, these you know the the, the heavy hitters, what they don't want. Is to be getting into dog fights before they got to go to these second and third rounds, playing tougher teams. No, I one hundred percent agree. Um, I also think uh, Drake's been really funny on social media putting all these jerseys on. I think he has a Kyle Lowry jersey under all of them. I think it's possible. <laughs> Kyle's just like, he got the real short end of the stick. And since we're going that, I've actually now changed my mind. OKC okay, so got the next four, and the Pistons are coming back. So. It's all good. Um, watch the Bucks lose the next two games. That is also Drake, possible. <laughs> Drake's forbidden from like everywhere. And like, oh my gosh. Um. Okay, so we had the last time we were on here, we had gotten to discuss uh, the beginning of the NCAA tournament. And we told everybody, yeah, we're gonna be back, and, and then life happened, and now the tournament's over. Um. <laughs> Shit, man, life, life, life hits you fast. Life, life, life comes fast. You know, one day you like, yo, pass this test in fifth grade. Next day it's like you're 21, and you're like, fuck, I need to do something with my life. Oh, shit, who um, is Tom gone? <laughs> um, to ditch in class. Don't do that, kid. Stay in school. Stay in school. Um, yeah. My question is. Is there a – and I don't remember if we discussed this last time. If you're the Knicks, and I'm starting to believe this – I'm starting to believe the conspiracy theory, the Cavs might get the first pick. I'm just I'm – just, I'm just – I'm on that right now. I'm just – there's there's a lot of – there's a lot of stuff that happens with the Cavs that really shouldn't, and, you know. If Cleveland like, get the number one pick, <laughs> like – 
four number one picks in a fifteen year stretch. You think you think Cleveland Cleveland sports fans talking shit now? Let let them be talking to Zion and shit. We like like Zion and OBJ. Like it's Cleveland don't deserve to be this lit. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Cleveland don't deserve to be this lit. Hey man, it's it's. If I had to ask you though, um, Cleveland gets the first pick, and I'm sorry, New York gets the first pick. Should they consider trading that pick, like at all? No, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't even think twice about trading that pick. Just off the strength of you aren't going to be good because, like, like I said for months, well, shit for the last year, I feel that Kevin Durant is going to be a Nick next season. Um, who else they get? I don't know. You know, it's a lot of pieces in play. But, you know, you don't know that you're going to get Kevin Durant for sure. You don't know that. So the, what you need, because you don't get Kevin Durant, you're not going to be good again. You'll, you'll compete because Zion's going to bring that to you. But you want to be talked about. And you're in New York, and you're the New York Knicks. You want to be talked about at the very least. And you don't, you're not going to be talked about if you don't, you know, draft Zion Williamson. Correct. But you don't think the – if you offer New York Knicks fans, you're like, all right, next year, you're going to have KD, 80, you're, small, you're three and you're four next year in your lineup. You don't take that? I mean, you you only do these things with the guarantee, with guarantees, with knowing for a hard fact. Because like no, Durant signs, Durant signs. Let's say whatever the whatever the first day he's able to free agency. I don't know the date off the top of my head, but he's like, "Yep, ink a deal, three year, four year deal, whatever." Uh, similar to like LeBron signed with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If you if that's if that's the case, then you you trade it to you get the you get the best bang for your buck for it if if you lock up Durant. But um, it's also kind of tough because it's like. Zion's going to be – I don't see a world where he's a bust, That's and that's the thing about it. So a really good Zion Williamson in the league is a – you know, that's a that's going to be a really good player. So it's kind of tough because you – and Knicks fans are craving it. They they want this. Like, this is probably the 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 most they want to play out the draft since Patrick Ewing. And I just feel like you portray your fucking fan base that you're already kind of losing, James Dolan. If you do that, if you make that trade, you think the Knicks would trade? I think the Knicks would trade the first overall pick and James Dolan for a bag of chips and an NBA League Pass subscription. They would trade James Dolan for eight for used dental floss and a fucking shoelace. <laughs> um. All right. Who is off the top of your head an NBA team? If you're talking about team not in the playoffs, we never this this one wasn't hers. Just not in the playoffs last year. Best chance to come back this next year. The Hawks, definitely the Hawks. I don't want to say definitely the Hawks, but that that's the team that's that's with you know with Trey Young who's getting. Who's getting praised and who's getting discredited at the same time? You know he had a great season, but you know motherfuckers that want to look deep into the numbers and stuff like that want to break it down and criticize. John Collins had a he balled this year and he's going to be a good building block for him. That's the team I'm hoping for. You know gets the number one pick because I would love to see Zion in Atlanta with Trey Young and John Collins. Um, 
I don't know how that would, how that if that's you know possible for them. The odds are very low, but I I think the Hawks is going to come up if we talking if we talking teams that didn't make the playoffs this year. I would have said Sacramento, but I don't understand where the fuck they like going like firing uh Yager. That was weird, but that's because everybody. I think and I'm glad you brought up Sacramento. And I think there are certain things. Sports are is a copycat league in general, right? Right. It's just all sports. They copycat. They copy each other. I don't think there is enough people who are smart enough to realize, okay, this is a practice that we can use and everybody can replicate, kind of like the three-point, how three-pointers are working right now. And some things are just an anomaly. You can get a great shooting player. He's not going to be Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. All right. I think there is – and I think Golden State's messing up for everybody. I think Golden State has turned the league into a three-point shooting team, which they're just better than everybody at, and everyone's just trying to copy and be them. And the idea that they got rid of Mark Jackson and got Steve Kerr is like, oh, well, you can always upgrade. Oh, you can always get that right coach. And there's been some suspect firings on really short-term deals for coach to hire that next guy. Got him. Not everybody's got Steph. Not everybody's got Clay. Um, I think Mark Jackson got a very raw deal. But what happened with the Jokers that exact same thing? You got this young core. They started playing better. And whoever Sacramento brings in. In their mind, they're just thinking, oh, we did it just like Golden State. We're about to, we're going to get our coach of the future or coach of right now. And that stuff just doesn't work. Some stuff is just an anomaly. You right. have the first pick in the draft. Your first pick's not going to be Tim Duncan or LeBron or Magic. There's a bunch of first picks. All right. That's an minute. Cool. Which still, which still does not make sense. Still, still makes no sense. Like, no one, no one, nobody thought Anthony Bennett should have been the first pick of that draft. Anthony Bennett was, uh, um, he was, uh, what would you, what would you call it, bad? Um, that's that's pretty much it. He's just bad. Like, there's, yeah. Um, you're not gonna give no credit to Tampa Bay. Oh, we like throwing in baseball shit. I, I honestly I, I, like. I don't get, and I and I can be very clear. And I'm what I'm what I'm gonna. I don't. No, I'm not. I'm not giving them credit, but not out of like disrespect. Like I'm not surprised that they're good. Because they're always good. <laughs> nah, we was trash two years ago. But like they always like even through that, like that's the team I always look at as like a. I'll, if say the Red Sox looking for a playoff spot late in the season, like that's not a team I want the Red Sox to have to play three games against in fucking you know September. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, excuse me. Damn, see, this is what sucks. You even look at you even Google Tampa Bay. Just do this at home real quick for you. If you Google Tampa Bay, uh, their famous players are Evan Longoria, no longer on the team. Chris Archer, no longer on the Didn't team. Then he retired. David Price. You said what? 
I said, didn't Evan Longoria retire? No, nah, he's with the Giants. Oh, he's just like rotting away in San Francisco. <laughs> Shit. It <laughs> hey, was fucked up is they got him and uh, Pablo Sandoval still there. I was about to say, why is Kevin Cash a famous player? I was like, he is the manager, though. Hey, bro. And then James Shields. That's a hell James of a team. James Shields. Yikes. Zobrist. Look at James Shields. Look at this list up. Ben Zobrist. Look at the Look at Rocco yeah, they're not raise hands. <laughs> Except Andrew Kidridge. And, Bo- and Carl Bo- Crawford. Got the devil, right? A.K.A. The bank robber himself. <laughs> Carl Crawford, you are truly, truly one of the biggest thieves I've ever seen in my life. And I respect it. I really do. Paul Crawford is a 290 career hitter with 480 stolen bases. Mm-mm. <laughs> he just wants to shift with the Red Sox. As many guys aren't. Um, Melvin Upton Jr. I almost said, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I forgot. That's BJ. That's BJ Upton. <laughs> so hey, where does the call BJ Upton Melvin. and Carl Crawford and Zobras, that was a mean outfield in 2011, 2010. BJ Melvin. Mm, I said BJ Melvin. I mean, BJ, BJ Upton and uh, Justin really taught me not to, like, judge guys, like, voices by the way they look. Oh, that's fact. Because, like, they, <laughs> they voice don't fit. They don't feel like the aesthetic at all. Not at all. Um, no, so what I love, so what I bring up, like, teams copying is, and I'm, and I'm kind of curious. Now, I don't, it's really awkward as a fan. Like, the Rays basically have three starters. And really, Glasnow and Charlie Morin just kind of, they just pitched well enough to stay starters. Otherwise, the Rays were 100% okay with going into this year, where it's like, I Blake Snell's a starter, and we got about 10 guys in the bullpen. They have, this is the, pretty much since middle to end of last year, when Sergio Ramos, uh, got the start in back-to-back games um, that they've gone with this idea of it's like, well, fucking anyone can pitch. doesn't matter what it is. You don't need a starter or a closer or a reliever. Just, just throw them all out there. Right. They have you, openers. That's that, – no, it's fact. Like, Blake Snell's you know, – like, because if Glasnow goes out the next two starts and, like, doesn't pitch well, he will lose his job. Like I'm, I'm really convinced that they don't. He's not like an actual starting pitcher in their eyes. He's just, hey, well, you haven't messed up yet. Um, same thing with Charlie Morton. Um, Blake Snell, pray your arm doesn't fall off. He's on the injured list right now. Um, is that something? Because that's way different. I don't even know how to feel about it as a fan. It's like it's, it's odd to watch at times. Do you think it works for the course of a season the way it's working right now? Hell no. And it's like I'm shout out to Tim Anderson. Um it's that's that's not how you that's not how it's done, bro. <laughs> like you can't that's, you can't sustain that shit. And it's like that should that should work for the A's, but it's kinda it's kinda crazy just because that only will work for Oakland because that's how Oakland operates. Like that that's not something you can sustain. It's not something that they should even try to do. Just cause like they're a really good team and that's a team and they can make the playoffs this year, but you know, and they got the resource, like I, the resources as far as like the farm and shit like that. I don't know who's down there right now, but I know historically they've always built up their system well. 
Because so it's right like they now we're like number four, the number four rated farm system. So it's like you gotta you gotta have have an actual way of doing things. Like like and this ain't it. At least not for the long term. Like right now, it was working and they're having success. They went twelve and four, fourteen but, and five. 14 and 5, yeah. So they, but you have like over a 162 game season, like you got to have an actual solid rotation you can go to at least four guys. Right now, like I said, right now they're rocking three. I don't know how long Charlie Morton and Tyler Glass are going to start, but you have guys. So here's why I think it, it, it kind of does work because it's just never been done efficiently, but it has been done before. There's teams that have just sucked it up all year, and they have basically two or three guys on their on their roster who are just the long inning guys. But they're not like, oh, we're trying to hold on to a two one lead. If you give me two like really good innings, no, nah, they're like, hey man, we're getting blown out ten to one. I need you just to go eat some innings, like just keep throwing it out there, right? Right. It's never been done, which is what I think is interesting, and I think there's a and that there's a chance for this. It's never been done with the quality of pitchers Tampa's using and never been just done efficiently like those guys going out there three, four innings because they are – they're not starting, but they're giving you extended relief. And because they have confidence in, like, the top three or four guys, they're not even, like, prospects. They're just at AAA because they're only about 25 guys on the roster. Um, and they'll basically call them up, like – Yanni Trinos will spend part of this year in AAA, and he is fully capable of being a major league pitcher. But because he's going to throw, he's going to start one day, give you five innings, come in two days later, give you like an inning, they're just going to be like, hey, his arm's not there, send him to AAA for two more days for his rest, and then bring him back out. There's it's, – it's quirky, but I, it's – it really just all depends on – who Blake Snell is, which makes me really nervous. Um, I think this strategy works if you're like Houston and you have Justin Verlander. Because that's a guy who I'm beyond confident, probably more than any other guy, where it's like, okay, I can get 200, 220 innings out of him. I know he's always there. And I got um, like a really good follow-up behind him, right? If Boston wanted to like with Salem Price, okay, I got two guys, so I know I give you like the 200 plus innings. Because then really besides that, if you're a team who doesn't have, like, quality starting pitching, that's really all you're doing anyway is you're just right. hoping your ace and then, like, maybe your next guy, if you're lucky you got three or if you're the Nationals because they've just had just great pitching the last ten years, um, you know. But most teams don't have the luxury of, oh, I can actually run out just, like, my five guys and I feel good, but all five just even give me five innings to start. I get that. <clears throat> I get that. But like I said, I just don't think, you know, for 162 games that, like I said, at least four guys you want to depend on. And, you know, you have Charlie Morton, an all-star last year, and someone that's dependable. And you got Blake Snell. And uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Tyler Glass now. Yeah, you got Tyler Glass now. So it's like you got these guys, but like I said, for for that team, a team I feel like can have a lot of success this season, you want to have something solid that you can for sure go to down the stretch of this long-ass season because, you know, summer comes around and it's hot out and it, the dog days, like they call them, and then you go from that to us getting 
cold again, and then you get into these big uh, playoff positioning games. I hate the dog days. The Rays always got hit, like no hit once a year during the dog days. That shit was just, those days were humorous because <laughs> it was like it was like that shit was like bound to happen. It was just a matter of when. It was that, and it would week. always be like a crazy play. <laughs> Speaking of which, and this is how I want to um, get us out of here. Is I like to, um, I have to do like my five does. I give a base like a shout out, um, and I, I saw this on Twitter, and I'm and I'm at, I was actually, and I get upset about weird things. Is it was the Miguel Cabrera clip? Today's Miguel Cabrera's birthday. Yesterday's Miguel Cabrera's birthday. It's Friday. Um, and they were showing all the funny things uh, that he had done on the baseball field. Miguel Cabrera is going to have one of, like, the greatest stretches in history that's just forgotten. And it's unfortunate because he was the best player post-Albert Pujols for about three years. And then Mike Trout. Like, like I've always said, Miguel Cabrera was the best hitter I've ever seen. Ah, that's tough. I, I only and that's only tough because I think there's like five really solid years you can make that case and I'm I'm saying solid they're MVP top years. There's five years I think I can make that case. Man, Albert had a decade where like it just wasn't right. Like Albert was the only guy from like oh two to twenty ten was like three hundred batting average, thirty five plus home runs intentionally walk like that was basically I think we caught like the tail end of like what was Barry Bond's greatness quote unquote so like Albert was the only dude who was like universally feared um the man Cabrera was a, was a monster like a monster 2011 to 2014 best hitter bar none. I just it's just he just came at a really unfortunate time, um, just behind two all time great players, and he himself is an all time great player. Miguel Cabrera was like one of the original like prodigy guys in baseball. He came up at like nineteen. Yeah, he also might have been on Royce because he was big as shit for a nineteen year old. Him and Zion have the same workout. Except Zion, maybe does more push ups, but uh. <laughs> So people forget, like, he was – people forget, like, Miguel Cabrera, like, played on the team that beat the Yankees in the World Series at, like, 20. Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't just, like, on the team. Like He was, like, a he was, like part of it. <laughs> like, before Madison Bumgarner and Buster Posey, like, it was Miguel Cabrera. They couldn't even, quote, unquote, they couldn't even drink at that time. I don't think nobody was stopping them. It was Florida. Florida's, Florida's been wild. As we continue to see from every <laughs> fucking person from Florida. Yeah, Florida's 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 a little different. Um let me just pull this this number up because this is one of the Miguel Cabrera, specifically twenty eleven. Specifically twenty eleven. Yeah, this was was that the triple crown year twenty eleven or is that twenty twelve? Twenty eleven. Um twenty eleven maybe? Yeah, three forty four batting. Yeah. Just, just, Three, in three consecutive years, 344, 330, 348, home runs 30, 44, 44, 
Oh, no, this was the Triple Crown year. 2012 was because he had 44, 139, uh, and then batted 330 in 2012. Oh, my gosh. Man. Man, oh, man. And he's how, oh, no, how, how, um, it's not, he's not even, can we say he's falling off yet? Not really. (laughs) Not really. I mean, he got hurt. It's like, and he was still balling. So it's like, can't really say he fell off. So 2017 is 130 games, 16 homers. 60 RBI, I mean, he's falling off is a weird term. Like, yeah, he's he's technically fallen off, but he was coming from an all-time peak. Damn. Damn. Yeah, no, 2011 to 2016, he was. Don't pitch to him. Anyway. To this day. To, to, yeah. No, that was, that was Brian. <laughs> That's when it was like, because that's when Trout had to get the argument. That was, it was like, oh, who's the all-around player? Because he wasn't better than Cabrera. Oh, that's okay. Look at you, baseballreference.com. You shouting out happy birthdays, too. I see you. Um, With that being said, hey, thanks for coming on today. As always, you can find Tony, no feelings mean, um, 90 feet, uh, no feelings boxing, uh, he runs no feelings boxing this week. Hey, Colin Crawford. He runs all. I, I didn't say Colin Crawford. No, um, no. <laughs> he's a, he runs all his social media. So if we ever say something controversial, you know who to go find. Just don't run up. Leave, Just don't run up. <laughs> leave, leave, leave me the fuck alone. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm involved, but you know, I ain't tweeted. Um. Damn, I ain't Just so it. y'all know, Justin is six foot nine, two hundred seventy plus pounds. He will fuck you up. <laughs> I'm gonna pass this, so bro. I will, I will say what I want to <laughs> say out my mouth. <laughs> hey. uh, with that being said, as always, appreciate you coming on. Already, man. <clears throat> we'll catch you. I'll catch you Monday. Got it. Peace. All right.